viewpoint and opinion shared on Jerry Unfiltered is a culmination of over 20 years of personal experiential knowledge and research into the unification of science and consciousness known as quantum morphogenetic physics, which is a paradigm-shifting, disruptive science not taught in the mainstream public educational systems. The intention of Jerry Unfiltered is simple, to awaken, to be aware, and to be able to reclaim the original, perpetual life, celestial human potential. Welcome back to another edition of Jerry Unfiltered. I'm your host, Dr. Jer Rivera Dejeno, and I am with, I'm proud to say, a friend, Joe Marshall, who's a former judo Olympian, and I am also proud to say a business partner of mine. How you doing, Joe? Good to see you. Thanks, Doc. Welcome to the Rasha Guardian series. Now, this series we've developed to showcase Rasha Guardians to the whole entire world. So let's first tell the world a little bit about Joe Marshall and your background. Um, grew up in the Midwest, born in Michigan, raised in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. then transitioned and moved all around the world. Mm -hmm. Lived in Japan a long time. Short brief term in uh, Guam and invariably about eight, nine years ago. Right. Ended up here in Las Vegas. And when were you, you were in the Olympics, right? I was. Okay, what year? Tell, tell uh, me. I was in the 88 Olympics. So okay. I completed from 1980 through 1996, mm -hmm. through the 80 Olympics, 84 Olympic trials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Due to injuries or various other reasons, my Olympian year was uh, 1988. Okay. So tell the world how you found myself and the Russia. I like to think it was the Russia finding me. Very good. Right, because that's exactly what happened, because I wasn't looking for the Russia. Right. You know. So one day about a year ago, I got a phone call from one of your, one, one of your colleagues, your, what's yours here, Angela Black, yeah. uh, asking me about, I just walked into your facility, it's the facility on the other side of the city, ISC, International Sports Center. Mm -hmm. And she goes, we'd really like to use it for a presentation. And I said, what kind of presentation? Because the Russian, I'm like, <laughs> that didn't really resonate at the time, right? Yeah. Sounded cool. I mean, I like the name. Yeah, yeah. Always have. But long story short, I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. And she sent me an email. And in that email, it had a, a podcast or an interview with the Luke story. Sure. So I listened to that. That was that night, that very day, that very night. And uh, I was enraptured and uh, hook, line, and sinker. Because then it resonated because... Uh, there were a lot of similarities that I had in my life, like mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was amazing because I called her and said, I called her and said, look, I got to see this. And so I think two days later, uh, April Schultz, who's the general manager of, of Paradigm Collective, where yep. we're sitting now, uh, we flew up and met Angela. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then we got an upgrade. Yep. We experienced the Russia. And... Uh, it's inexplicable, I can't really tell you what that was like. Uh, we went to lunch with you afterwards. Yes. And then we got to meet you, we got to meet the source. I mean, mm. that source, right? Right. And from there, it's just, I think it wasn't long after that I got my own Rasha. I became right. a Rasha guardian. I mean, literally, probably within a month. 
right. if I'm not mistaken. And then that grew and grew and grew. And next thing you know, I'm traveling the world. I'm going to Mexico with you and we're going to Guam. And we, we, we all took a rush over to Guam and we had some incredible experience there. And so it's just been a continual, I don't know, wonderful oscillation to universal consciousness. Well, I mean, look, I remember that day when Angelo's like, hey, you know, Dr. Jerry, we have Joe Marshall from Vegas coming up. And I was like, and he, I guess you just had listened to the Luke Story yeah. podcast. So, you know, you're right. The Rasha does choose its guardians. Yeah. And I'm very blessed and grateful that the Rasha chose you, Joe. Well, but let's, let, let's talk about, you know, prior. Let's, let's go back in time, pre-Olympics. Let's share with the world, like, you know, what was Joe like? Did you see any aliens? Did you have any experiences, strange experiences? Well, I'll give you a little bit of background. My mother and father, they eloped when they were 1957. Mm -hmm. had my sister. My dad ended up getting a scholarship at Michigan State mm -hmm. as a wrestler. So he and my mother had, what do you call it, parent housing, or he had a scholarship that they put him in like a house, right? Mm -hmm. So I was born at Michigan State while he was wrestling. I think he, had ass, I think he might have got a, his ass kicked by Iowa at the time. But anyways, they came out, under the, there I was under the bleachers, you know, right. born in, tra born in uh, Lansing. My family's from Traverse City, Michigan. We moved to Wisconsin because my dad wanted me to wrestle, and he also had a, a teaching job at a small liberal arts school mm -hmm. there. So I grew up in Appleton. And while I was in Appleton, I wrestled, I did judo, I did karate, a little bit of boxing and taekwondo. I had a Korean coach as well. So I started judo, I got into wrestling, and then my dad's best friend was a, a Japanese guy, a small mm -hmm. guy like him, 5'1"-ish, and uh, he was whipping everybody's ass on the wrestling mat, throwing <laughs> them around, because yeah. it's not quite wrestling. Judo and wrestling are very similar. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, well, that's pretty cool. He got me involved in judo. And then judo gave me complete direction. And uh, I was around a more of an Asian community because of the, the taekwondo and the, and the judo and the Japanese style, right, right? right? And so that carried me through this town called Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. And then it all went really well. And then uh, what else to tell you on that? In 79, when I graduated from high school, I had a multiple scholarships for various sports, for judo, not judo, actually judo, wrestling, even football, track and field. I had a pretty good long jump for being a little guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of threw it all away and went to train to get ready for the 80 Olympic Games, mm -hmm. 80 Olympic trials. And that year was a, an unprecedented year. I think I could write a book on 79, 80. But due to circumstances, Jimmy Carter at the time boycotted the Olympics. And so, he, because Afghanistan had been invaded by by Russian, by right. Russia. So that was the first time in history where politics got ingrained in the Olympic community. And as you know, the 80 and 84 Olympic Games were kind of different right. than the, all the others. So we went through a phase. So that was a trying time in my life. But long story short, I got lucky. I got a scholarship for judo. I took that scholarship and that moved me on to a full scholarship at the Olympic Training Center in the early 80s. And when I moved into Colorado Springs as a permanent resident, my whole career started taking off. My world medals started coming, uh, you know, Pan American Games, uh, World Championships, Olympic mm -hmm. Games. And so I'm living at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado, and the coach was Paul Miriyama, who was connected with the Japanese community. And that was my integration in Japan. So I started going back and forth to Japan. 
Oh, is that right? And that kept going, and then I eventually ended up moving to Japan, going to a university in Japan, and uh, from there, it's a, it's a whole other interesting, um, it's probably enough for now, but... Yeah, no, I yeah. mean, it's, that's very, very loaded with uh, experiences, I'm sure, that you've traveled the world at a young age, you represented the USA in the 88 Olympics. So, knowing what you know now about the Russia technology, you as a Russia guardian, how do you see the Russia helping, let's say, athletes? Oh, man, I can tell you, I wish I'd had the Russia <laughs> in 1984 and 88 and 92, because this would be a whole different conversation. Right. I mean, I'm such a, I don't want to use the word belief, I know. I don't believe, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I know. Yeah. I know what the Russia is and capable of helping us, helping humanity. Here's an example. I had a guy a year ago come here, this literally a year ago, and compete at the U.S. Open Wrestling Championships over here, literally a year ago, last mm -hmm. weekend. And it was at the Sunset Casino. Okay. And he was there, he's 35 years old, two-time multi, uh, what do you call it, all-American wrestler, heavyweight, young guy. Well, he liked what he saw at the IC. So he moved his wife and baby to Vegas and started being my wrestling coach a year ago. Who, who was his this name? This guy is Dan Erickson. Okay. Incredible. He wants to, you want to meet yeah. him. Okay. Anyways, Dan starts coaching wrestling at the gym. It's going really well. And so I knew this guy. He's young. 35 now is, is still really young in the martial arts world. That's right? Young. Back when I, I thought I was old when I retired at 36. But 35 now, you've got MMA and men and women that are fighting in their 40s, right? Yeah. So Dan, I'm watching him, and I said, something resonated. So I brought him here. Yep. And I taught him, I had him upgrade on the Russia. And this guy started competing again. And he went to a tournament in Oklahoma and won. He beat the number one ranked, one of the top ranked guys in his weight, even heavyweight. Wow. Then he went to another competition and did again, did really, really well. And he got looked up by the Olympic Training Center. So he went to a camp three months ago and helped train the top athletes in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And that went so well, the Air Force Academy found out about him. So they called him up there to work out with the number one guy from the Air Force Academy. This is going back a couple of months now. Right. And he trained this guy. And all the time he's coming back and doing upgrades. Right. So I gave him a scholarship. Because, <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a broke athlete. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. On. So we gave him the, the standard 12, packs to 12, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon me. But I think you got those are, the, the people figure that out. But anyways, so he starts doing better and better. And then next thing you know, he comes up to me a week ago and says, I got some news to tell you. And I'm like, I look kind of bad, you know, I'm kind of nervous. And I thought he was gonna, like, let's go do an upgrade together because the Air Force Academy just offered me a full coaching job. Wow. And the Olympic Training Center has given him a, 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 what do you call it, a residential full scholarship. So he's got all medical, all training, all food, all physical therapy, all sportsology, mm -hmm. and he's got a full-time teaching job. This is all Russia. Yep. There's no question that had it not been for the Russia, this, I wouldn't be here for one with Russia. Right. It changed my life. It is. You I know, mean, yeah. people that are listening to you now are probably trying to wrap their head around what you're what saying. I'm saying? Oh. Right. And well, well, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me go there. Yeah. Okay. We all know that there's a whole span of what the Rasha is capable of assisting us with, right? So let's take the sports aspect of it. Intention. Intentions, right? So 
aside autism or stroke victim or any kind of ailments that we've, humanity has had and we try to work with, if you're an athlete and you want to be a really good elite athlete, I mean, it, I get on the rush and I start fantasizing about winning the Olympic Games again. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not going to happen, but it's, it's a hell of a nice thought. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah. bottom line is, it's, 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 if I believe that with the right intention, and if you can, what's the word? Metabol uh, manifestation. Materialize. Materialize. Yes. Yeah, there it is, right? <laughs> and you, you sit and you concentrate and have an objective and a goal that we all know the Rasha speaks to our intron DNA, right? And it, it speaks to our, what, 98 point something percent water, yes. right? It's still right? Yeah. And that bubble of energy is ready to go. And there's nothing, no question about what the Rasha does. It assists us with that. Right. We all know that it doesn't fix us. Right. It helps us fix ourselves, right? Right, universal consciousness, right? Absolutely. Scalar energy, right? Yeah, we love it, man. And I'll tell you another quick story, and this is true, I swear to goodness. My daughter blew out her ACL a year and a half ago, big time. I mean, she had scholarships all over the place. Right. And uh, she did the surgery, and she would sit with me on the Rasha. She's not really, she's 15 years old, right. 15 at the time. Yeah. And she doesn't really believe in this stuff, because it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a tall order, it's a lot, right? But she would sit reading her book while I was doing my upgrades. Long story short, we go to see her doctor, orthopedic surgeon, and she's doing all you know the tests that orthopedic surgeons do. And they, who's right. your trainer? What's she doing? She goes, "Brenda, your your recovery is remarkable. It's just remarkable. What are you doing?" Mm -hmm. She goes, "Well, I'm working with Gina. That's her physical therapist." Sure. And I'm sitting there going, "Rasha, Rasha, Rasha," and I wanted to go to the doctor. You know, you, can you just black it out right there? Just blab it out there. And, but I know, I right, know, right, right. and I, this, is, this is the honest God <laughs> truth. We walked out of there, and my daughter turned to me and goes, when can we do a Rasha? <laughs> yeah, she just got a full ride to Utah University. Right, so congratulations to her. I mean, that's, that's an amazing testimony, you know. And when people hear this story, right, when they start to listen to this uh, episode, uh, I'm sure parents out there that have children in sports, that have mm -hmm. injuries, you know, they're going to be looking for alternative options to their current therapies. And, you know, what Raina went through and is going through uh, is a testimonial to consciousness and, and how the Rasha amplifies what's already there. So you're, you're and you're, you know, Joe, I, I have to admit, okay, I have seen the greatest span of growth with you in the last year okay from that first time you came up to reno until now and i'm very impressed that you stuck it out in terms of building the knowledge right because you know what most people don't know is that you are in bioregenesis academy yeah. you don't i mean you're you're a very successful human being you know, you have a family, you, are, you have multiple businesses. The last thing anyone wants to do at our age is go back to school. Well, I'll tell you, it's the biggest challenge of my life. I thought making the Olympics or that path to the Olympic creed, whatever you want to call it, was, was a bitch. And, and there's a lot of people out there that can empathize with that. But this is a challenge. It's not easy. I mean, you know, quantum morphogenic sciences is exceptional. Christ, I don't even know what two of those words are. They go look them up and I couldn't find them. <laughs> I don't know the word science, but everything else before that and yeah, preceding yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. So I'm still learning vocabulary. But no, it's been an incredible process and I'm enjoying the heck out of it. But I'll tell you something else, Doc. I got sick six years ago and almost died. I fell and went from 100 and 
75 pounds down to 130. They couldn't figure out what it was. I shaved my head, put electrodes on my head. And went when was this? About six years ago. Okay. And I was here, I mean, it could have been because I lost a lot of money on a venture capital deal. I mean, like a lot, I'm not gonna okay. get into the numbers, but yeah, it was the kind of money that most people don't make in a lifetime. I lost it, right? Cool. Okay. And it was a stressful time. And so they couldn't figure out what's wrong with me. So they did like heart checks. They found out I have a, like a super large heart from all the workout, right? But I got a hole in it, but that's, that's congenital, it's no big deal, right? They thought I had something wrong, so my doctor said, you need to write your will. You need to write your will, so I did. I started writing my will. And I'm sort of kind of getting, lining up my ducks and getting there. I started putting all the bank accounts in order for my wife, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I get this vertical ever since I had this issue. I used to have these stroke-like symptoms where I'd fall down and shake and then couldn't, mm -hmm. couldn't move, but I was conscious. Anyways, since I started doing upgrades with the Rasha, my balance has almost completely returned. And my awareness of what's going on around me is exponentially better. And my patience, believe it or not, even though I'm not patient now, <laughs> is far better than what it was before I got, I, I met the Rasha, yeah. you know, this relationship with the Rasha in the community. So I, it's virtually changed my whole life. Right, well, you know, I mean, it shows. Yeah, I Joe. feel it. It, it does, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It shows the well, growth. Well, I wanna help other people do that. Okay. So let's do that, and that's, you know, and that's why we're here in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, what most people will find out soon enough is that you and I are partnering together in a, in let's just say service to humanity, yeah. right? We're going to uh, offer the Rasha upgrades through the dome here at the Paradigm Collective, as well as the International Sports Center, right? Mm -hmm. Your fight gym. And what most people don't know is that uh, they can come to either location yeah. here in Las Vegas to uh, you know, book an upgrade and upgrade their consciousness and perhaps maybe go through a growth spurt with their consciousness as I did, as you have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and as others, right? Other Russia guardians tell the same story. Mm -hmm. They've all have similar experiences, right? So when the world hears, oh, what is this Rasha Guardian series on this lunatic, Jerry Unfiltered, now they know. Former Olympic judo, successful businessman, kids that are getting scholarships here and there, I mean, you know, multiple business owner, but you are still let's say, serving humanity. Mm -hmm. You're serving your consciousness. You're expanding your consciousness. And that's what a Rasha guardian is. A Rasha guardian is one who absolutely serves humanity while expanding their consciousness. So, I mean, look, I, I can't say enough about you, Joe. And, uh, you're, you know. You're too kind. No, and uh, do you have any questions for me? at all at this point in time. Well, you mentioned earlier, and I didn't, I said, alluded it, but you know, this, this kind of technology, for the better choice of words, is very, very educational because I don't want to get, be careful on the sort of the line here, but you ask about alien activity, if yes. I have any experience in my life, and I have. And I think that somehow or another, it all correlates to the universal consciousness that there's, a lot going on 
in, the, in this universe and beyond. Can you, share, can you share this story? Would you like well, to share? Yeah, I'll, share a, I'll share a small story with you. I'll make it short. <laughs> when I was 17 years old, I was running in Appleton, Wisconsin. And I'd, go on a, I'd always go on a Sunday morning run because I had to cut weight. I had to keep my weight down as a wrestler, right? Mm. Judo player, it's a weight division sport, right? I think everybody knows that. And uh, it was a beautiful day. I think it was like, I'm going to say June or July, June, July of 77, 8, 78, 78, yeah, so I'm 17 years old. So I get up, it's about 10, 30 in the morning, I go for a run. And it, back then the city was small, you get to the outside of the city and, and uh, running like 15 minutes, you're in the, in the, in the weeds. Or, right, right. You know, or the, I'd run to this place called Lake Winnebago. Anyways, I'm running along, I get about, right, I run past my high school, and I'm on this two-lane road, and on one side of the road is, well, it's all cornfield, right? Indian Reservation cornfield. And I'm running down the road, and there's a bunch of cars parked, four cars parked, and they're standing out. It's like a, almost like a movie where people are, are pointing, you know. And I, when I run, I don't. If you're a runner, or really get in the zone, like if you're an athlete that really, right. really trains hard, you're always trying to find the zone where you just don't feel anything. You just you're gone. Like you get in the zone, and you're just flying. Yep. And I'm running. I'm running fast because I love to run, and I love to run fast. Anyways, I stopped. I said something made me stop. Okay. You know, just maybe. I couldn't figure it out. And I stopped and looked, and I looked over there, and I'm looking at this tree line about maybe 200, 250 meters yards away, yep. like, two, like a football field, right, or more. And so it's cornfield that's been cut down, and you've got 30, 40-foot pine trees, northern pines. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just flat green or whatever. And it's a nice day. And the sun was coming from that direction. So it's the way that, in other words, it, the sun wasn't behind me. There's right. a reason for that, right? So... I'm kind of looking, but something was different. I couldn't figure out what was different. So I started walking towards this field, over the field. And the guy in the car goes, hey, son, don't go. You don't want to go over there. Just don't go there. But I kept walking. And as I got up to the tree line, there was a kind of like a, like a top of a plate, like a, like a I didn't see a saucer, but it was like rounded. Right. Instead of trees, like there was a, something above it. Okay. But it was indistinguishable. I couldn't see the whole object. Right. What was interesting, the closer I got to the woods, it was dark in that area. So there was something blocking the sun. It was lighter on the outside. Does that make sense? Yeah. So something was shadowing it. And I went in, I got up the forest and I went in, and I stepped into the forest, and all of a sudden, I went in about maybe 10 feet, 15 feet. It was still pretty light, and all of a sudden, it was light. Like, whatever was blocking the sun, wasn't blocking the sun. Wow. I didn't see anything. I don't have much more to say that other than I'd hear anything. Yeah. It's just the light went on. Mm -hmm. In other words, the sun came through the trees. And I walked further in. I didn't see anything. There was nothing like this, nothing torn down or anything like that. Right. That was it. And that was the, my story. And I turned around and I walked out. I didn't realize at the time when I walked out, at that time, something had changed. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go home. So I, I ran home. And I, I told my mom, I said, it was really weird. She goes, well, what's going on? She goes, let's go check it out. So we went back. We had a, a 1971 Dodge Dart. It was my right? <laughs> so my mom and I drive. And my sister was already in college, right? She's at the university. So it's just me and my mom. And we drive back, and there's fire trucks, and there's, they've got the thing, what do you call it? You know, those barriers. barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't that like a movie-type scene, but it was a little bit for our little hick town. Yeah. It wasn't enough to, like, what's going on, right? Right, right. And so there's people talking to each other, and nothing's really going on. And then the guy's, oh, there's the guy. There he is right there. It's that, that guy that told me to, to not go into the woods. Right. 
And so the sheriff turns around and says, uh, you know, basically, you know, like, I really want, I want to talk to you, talk to you. And my mom's like, you're talking to my son, right? <laughs> she's not really, wasn't into that kind of, she's, she's, she's a economics professor. She's right. used to getting her way, you know what I mean? She's sure, sure. A tough bitch. Anyways, <laughs> so she put me in the car and we went home. Yeah. And uh, long story short, I didn't realize, and we found out later on when these people came to our home, this group of interesting people came knocking on the door and they wanted to talk to us. My mom said, what do you want to talk to my son about? So they come in and there's a sheriff there and there's a deputy and Dead Up, he was a, a wrestler a couple years ahead of me, so we knew each other a little bit. Yeah. And they start telling us that, you know, they wanted me to go with, talk to them at some other place and my mom wasn't having it. Yeah. But pretty much ended like that, nothing fancy. Other than that, I found out later on that I, I, I was in the woods for what they think is 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Right. Wow. You know, that, that's it. I have no story to tell. I'm going to say I traveled anywhere. I got picked on or my, anything yeah. weird, you know. It was just pretty, pretty awkward. And the awkward moment was when those, those, that group of people sort of forced themselves into our house. So, like that men in black type people? No, no, or? Wasn't, no. I thought about that later on when I started seeing movies with that. They were, I don't know if they were local, but there was nobody with glasses on or anything like that. But there was a couple of interesting people that didn't look local. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just, you know, I don't want to exaggerate it. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you know, it. Just, just that, but, you know, it got a little bit temperamental because I got in a fight with the, it got a little bit out of hand because right. I wasn't going to go anywhere with them. And my mom said, if you want, you're going to have to talk, and, you know, she's smarter than to say get a lawyer. But that, that's the only real thing. But the only thing that happened after that, though, for a number of years, for the next four or five years, I had never had a, uh, what do you call it, sleep paralysis? Yes. Yeah, I, I had this from 17 to 21, Repeatedly, I had these episodes where I would wake up but not be able to move. Right. So it's and it happened right. a lot. Right. In an agogic state. Yeah. I don't. Know, I don't want to say. It. I wasn't. Now I pray for it. I'm going to be honest. With you. I get in a rush. Please, please, please. Let me have. Yeah. Let me have this experience again. And unfortunately, for mine, my, my, my case, it, that doesn't happen. Right. But I, it's, it terrified me at the time because mm -hmm. you get this feeling like you can't move, but your body, like you go up above yourself, right? Correct. You feel it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're looking down, you're like, but you're. You can't move, and then when you finally come to, your eyes open, you go, shit, how did that happen? Right. That went on, it's like I grew out of it. I think when I was 21 or 22, I had one last, one last time in Arizona when I was cutting a lot of weight for a tournament. Yeah. Way, way too much. I lost like maybe 15% of my body weight to wow. fight a tournament I should not have been competing at that weight. I went up a weight after that, because you know we did terrible things for ourselves back then. Yeah. And then once I started eating and drinking and not dehydrating or punishing myself, I've never had that happen again. So it was just this phase. I don't know if it was related to what happened in the, in the woods that day. Right. But it did happen, literally, that day. Wow. The first time it happened, because I took a nap that afternoon, and I had that, that experience. Hmm. I don't know if this correlates. All I know is that when I, the first time that I, 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 I guess, I don't want to say it came out of my body, all I know is I, I felt like I did, right? It happened then, mm -hmm. right? And so... Wow. For that to happen, and you're there, I mean, that's something, our consciousness, yes. right? Something, something we, caused that, yeah. We, we, now I completely end up with the Rasha and everything we're doing. It's, it's abundantly apparent. Yeah. I know that this is short term right here. Not yeah. this, but. Well, hopefully, hopefully it'll be long term. Yeah, I mean, a lot, I mean, a, I mean a, and not only short term, I mean that yeah. there's a lot more out there. Yeah. Right, and we can bring that to the whole. 
to, into humanity. We can help anybody and everybody with this. Absolutely. So let's shift gears for a moment. And let's just off topic, you know, you, I just want to know your, your viewpoint. You know, I, I've been seeing a lot in sports, okay, this absolute lunatic mentality of men thinking they're women competing in women's sports. Man, I tell what, you what the fuck is that about? Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to definitely give you my opinion here. I'm, I hope I don't have, offend anybody because I don't look we all have very diversified friends right we all have lots of lots of kind of friends that I've got I've got one of us friends I've got a wonderful niece and uncle and lots of friends that I can go into this but that thing about we I, I was on the board of directors for USA Judo for eight years okay right and I just retired from that position five months ago and this came up so you've got all these national governing bodies whether it's US Taekwondo USA Boxing USA Judo all these sports, and it became one of the topics of, of discussion about uh, a man becoming a woman, you know, what, for that, and should they be allowed to compete? And, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm probably gonna make a lot of enemies right now, but no fucking way. Yeah. No, absolutely no way. Look, I have no problem with, if you wanna be transgender, or if that's your choice, and you're an adult, and you make a cognitive decision to do that, but I'm born a man. Yep. So are you. Yep. We are biologically absolutely different. Right. And I don't and cannot comprehend a man that has gone through a, that particular change yep. uh, by choice. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what they want to be, that's fine with that. But I don't see how that justifies or allows that person to compete against a woman. Biological. Biological. Woman. Right. Sorry, I'm finished with the correction. Yeah. And I hope I'm not stepping on a lot of, I can't help it. I feel that way strongly. Yeah. And um, again, I support a lot of the, that community because we have a lot of associations. But when it comes to the sport world, I just, I don't see how it's justifiable. Is yeah. that the word? Well, yeah. You know, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, all of these transgenders having mental health issues, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I can't think of anything better to help straighten out mental health issues. Oh, I'd agree with that 100%. Russia, right? Well, that's a good thing. Right. That's absolutely a great thing. Right? Absolutely. So, I mean, right. if you're a regard, transgender out there, right, and you're having in. mental is, health issues, yeah. uh, you might want to look this up, yeah. okay? And then you won't be committing suicide or you won't be grabbing rifles and shooting up malls and schools, okay? So, yeah, that's and a I'm good serious. Point. No, that's actually probably a much better point than what I'm making. Right. You know, I, I, I don't I think it should be... But you are... But, but as far as that goes, any and every, any human being on this planet that wants to experience something that can help them in, in unlimited ways, it's right here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and, and you know, I just I thank you for sharing your viewpoint on that. Yeah. And I know it's a touchy subject, but bottom line is, we have an answer to help them heal themselves, Joe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I mean, look, uh, I had a blast 
hanging out with you here on set, this little makeshift set. But you know, what we want to do is we want to just invite everyone down to the Paradigm Collective here in, what is it, Henderson? We, yeah, this is Henderson, Nevada, yeah. and the ISC, the International Sports Center, is over in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. So, so uh, if you're in town, come visit Joe and I. Uh, if not, don't come. Joe? Thanks for having me, Jerry. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Doc. All right. Appreciate it, yeah. All right. The viewpoint and opinion shared on Jerry Unfiltered is a culmination of over 20 years of personal experiential knowledge and research into the unification of science and consciousness known as quantum morphogenetic physics, which is a paradigm-shifting, disruptive science not taught in the mainstream public educational systems. The intention of Jerry Unfiltered is simple, to awaken, to be aware, and to be able to reclaim the original, perpetual life, celestial human potential.